Oh, what fun. Oh, what fun. <laughs> you are pain in my assholes. Coming to you from the Tommy is a pain in my asshole studios. It's the Sons of Honarchy podcast with your co-hosts. One of them over here is Steve-O. That's at Drunk Shy Sox fan on Twitter. And Hot Take Tommy. On this episode of the Sons of Anarchy podcast, we are going to run through a bunch of stuff like overreactions from spring training and Goose Island being out of commission. However, comma, the only thing that matters is we got a right fielder, baby. Let's go. DJ Pollock season. All of this is brought to you by us. So make sure you rate, subscribe, review. Usually we're live on YouTube as well. Um, so make sure you subscribe to our page. Yeah, However, our internet particularly my internet is awful so that is why we are not live this week now steve you wanted to talk about how your week was so bring it down for me start start from the top i know you're in your new place which is a freaking relief it's been a long yes. time coming indeed i'm glad to have my own place finally uh with the fiance uh just five blocks down the road from where i was um yeah no it's nice to be finally settling in um the internet is another issue um, that we're going to have to figure out here. Um, I can't believe that I'm hardwired and like every other word that Tommy says right now is lagging out. Um, but all that being said, I'm, I'm very, very excited to be settling in to our own home. Um, so, and shout out to Hot Take Tommy over here for uh, helping me move in last week, uh, getting some heavy stuff, some bulky stuff that, uh, I wouldn't have been able to get by myself or with the help of my fiance. So kudos to you, Tom. Appreciate it. I got a McGriddle out of it. So I think we're square um, <laughs> on that whole front. But man, I can't believe you're actually moving in. Don't you have a uh, spring break coming up as well? Spring break. Yes, absolutely. No. And a funny story. Have I ever told you that spring break story, Tommy? No, tell. Okay. So the reason why I said spring break the way I did. So I used to work at a nursing home. Some people know that about me. Some people don't. Um, and the second floor of the nursing home, they separated the floors and the second floor was like all of like the dementia and Alzheimer's patients and, and those who like had severe, like were very much wheelchair bound and, and, and couldn't get around themselves. One of these guys, uh, by the name of Eugene, um, his big thing, he was a really funny guy. Uh, unless you made him upset and and then he was like he, he would definitely swing at people um but one of his big things was if he was in the right mood um and you went up to him and you said hey eugene spring break spring break he would put his shirt up over his of like over his face and let his like man boobs come out of his shirt and then he would say spring break <laughs> so um I'm very much looking forward to having a Eugene-like spring break where I can just let my man, man boobs flap in the wind. Yes. You know? So, And that'll be in Chicago, and that will be at Guaranteed Rate Field. So maybe I'll pull a Eugene and, and get my spring break on. Yes. Oh, my God. I'm so happy that baseball is like a week away. Is is a week away, not is like. It is a week away. Less than a week away. We have our first games on television, <sighs> in person. It's It's great. Yeah, man. And we're sitting here and we should be a weekend at least into baseball, but I digress. You know, hey, it's coming, isn't it? So I shouldn't be complaining. Now, uh, on to, you know, more important things. We we know for a fact that Adam 
Hazley is not going to be our starting. <laughs> yes, Adam Hazley was um, a, a surprise pickup there for the White Sox. Um, I had a very strong bone to pick when the uh, Adam Hazley signing was made because the there were some Nick Williams comps for Adam Hazley, and I was like, yeah, this is Nick Williams 2.0. Well, Nick Williams, um, he, if if that was the case, Adam Hazley would be like starting multiple games in the first half of the season, right? With um, Larusa in charge, that man was running April for for the club. <laughs> yeah, despite Adam Hazley being a former first round pick, eighth overall, um, I, the upside has not translated to major league talent. Uh, so I'm glad that the White Sox no longer are looking at Adam Hazley as a possible right field option uh, for at least <laughs> a starting right field option. You never know. There's always next year. <laughs> My goodness. So Tom, <laughs> there is bigger news though, obviously for the White Sox. And that, that is the Craig Kimbrell trade. Craig Kimbrell. I love that you up. put it that way. <laughs> Absolutely. Craig Kimbrell straight up. AJ Pollock. I want to hear your initial thoughts before I express what I feel about it. Dude, I, I said it once. I'll say it again. That is like a baller move by Rick Hahn. It's just like down to the wire here. He was like, oh, flip this albatross for something we really need. Trade from a position of strength and get yourself picked up in an area of need. That's the goddamn move and look i've been i've also been called corporate before for liking rick Hahn. and and as far as a fan look that that man i am committed to rick Hahn. this guy keeps pulling it out man under the wire i i love him i love him absolutely and uh, yeah under under the gun last minute fulfilling a need that was so evident on this team oh it's um, it's absolutely been, glaring been. obvious from from last year i mean all i can think about it i keep having flashbacks to leary garcia field fielding quote-unquote fielding that line drive that was hit to him in game two in houston oh, uh when craig kimbrell was on the mound actual uh, tears so and here's the thing with kimbrell um i i personally thought he could possibly have a bounce back year i was not dead set and and i've been very voiced very very vocal in, in in saying that um he could possibly have a bounce back year and he could be excellent i personally think he's better in that ninth inning role than he is in the eighth inning role or any other role um other people argue that that's not a good enough excuse he should still pitch well no matter where you put him um but nonetheless you get rid of a 16 million dollar contract in Craig yeah. Kimbrell and you get AJ Pollock who's 13 million on the books for this year, a 5 million dollar buyout if they don't want him next year. Um I it, it makes absolute sense. And and there's no reason unless he's absolutely atrocious or right. he can't like there's a glaring injury that he can't recover from at age 33-34. Um you absolutely will bring him back for another year and it fulfills that need. Um I absolutely love this trade. Every single part of it. I love it. And I cannot believe that they flipped one for one the way they did in this oh, situation. That's the best part about it is we didn't have to part with anything else. And we got a major league player, like a good ass 
World Series ready major league player. Absolutely. And the best. The other thing is you're looking at it now, and we we were all like mean and hawing about how the hell is Tony gonna handle this back end of the bullpen? It's not a problem anymore. Don't gotta worry about it. It's not our issue. Go have fun in in L.A. I don't care. Have a great time because fucking we don't need you. Like, that's what it comes down to. Is And as soon as we say that, right, like fucking Garrett Crochet out for the goddamn season. But yeah, and we'll touch on that, too, <laughs> in, in in just a minute with Crochet, because uh, that's a, a big bummer. Uh, but back no, no, no. To- Aaron Bummer's still he's not injured. Steve. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> now, just to touch on Pollock, you know, and I know he doesn't add as much defensive value as he did, like when he first signed with the Dodgers in 2019. But when we look at his numbers with the Dodgers since he joined, right, we're looking at uh, weighted runs created numbers of 107, 131, and 137. And his OPS plus numbers are very similar to those as well. So I'm extremely pumped to see not only a guy who, and batting average, I, I don't like batting average, you know that, but this is a guy who basically hits 300, gets on base at a 360 clip, Love. On the regular, and Love. he can slug, and he can slug. It's not a guy that's just going to be slapdick central, Nick Madrigal, exactly. <laughs> and think about that, too. Basically, think of this trade as you traded Nick Madrigal for uh, what you thought would be a good you know, addition to your bullpen in a postseason mm-hmm. year in Craig Kimbrell and for half a season and A.J. Pollock for at least two years. I like it. Well, I really do like it. You got to think Hoyer's out there, too. Hoyer could turn into, you know, a major league closer. Ah, that's and, right. Uh, Cody Hoyer. Well, he's, he's going to have to recover from surgery and uh, really get it together. Yeah. No, I, I, I don't doubt it. Speaking of injuries, um, this is just some fun, just some fun MLB news for everybody. So, you know, uh, the Mets, right? You know, a lot of people consider our uh, fan base kindred spirits with the yes, Mets. Yes, the sons of Uribe. Uh, I strongly disagree, vehemently disagree even, um, just because not a fan of New York in general. Um, they put their trash in the street. Heathens. <laughs> Heathens. Anyway, so out of their camp, right, um, you had Jacob deGrom out for four weeks. Tough news, you know. Hey, but look, you've got uh, Max Scherzer, the the man, the myth, the legend. You just signed him. He's gonna fuck you up, or whatever he said on the mound when you had to lip read him in the playoffs. Um, yeah, he's day to day with an injury as well. So <laughs> that's looking pretty tough for your like six trillion dollar. <laughs> you know, I, I feel I feel for Mets fans. I I know you want to laugh at them. I First do. and foremost, I so hard. <laughs> I just can't laugh first off because these are two of the best pitchers in the league and it's fun to watch them go on the mound and do what they do. Um, I think uh, I, the only time I'm going to be rooting against those guys is is when we're facing up. The White Sox are facing up against those guys. Um, and we don't get the Mets this year, if I'm not mistaken, um, because we have the NL West. So I, I feel for it. You know, I, I want to see these guys succeed. Um, and I do feel some sort of connection to the Mets as, you know, the, the team in the big, in a big city that doesn't get enough love, you know, because they live in some shadow. Here's the thing with the Yankees, like the Yankees, they live in the Yankees shadow for a reason, because the Yankees are like 
you know, a 27 time World Series champion team, even yeah. if a bunch of them were like, I don't know, Minnie Mouse championships because they, you know, won them in the 20s. Yeah. Um, but I also, I feel like, why, why, this frustrates me. Like, why do, outside of like TV rights and WGN and all the other stuff, you know, like the fact that the White Sox have, are, I guess, quote unquote, living in the shadow of the Cubs, like, it's just dumb. Like, there's no reason for it. They're, they're, we're just as successful as they are. Yeah. No, it's true. And that, well, first of all, it's kind of sad for Chicago baseball. That's, that's more of a, like, a, a bad sign of the, the baseball that this city in general has dealt with over the years. But I mean, the, the fan bases in this city don't make any sense already because the number one fan base in the whole city is the Bears. Everybody loves the Bears in Chicago. Yeah, the most the painful. Suck. They're the terrible. most painful organization since in 1985. All of, in all of goddamn sports, it's just horrible being a Bears fan. And the whole city turns up for every win. It's like, why? Like, why do we cling to this team? And... I mean, whatever, you know, again, these fan bases will never make sense, but at least, you know, Hey, you can give that to New York. Their fan bases, like there's a bigger fan following for the Yankees because they're better than the team on the other side of town. So whatever, kudos, question mark. I don't care. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I, I feel for Scherzer and DeGrom and, and, and that fan base, you know, it sucks, but Hey, I mean, their opening day starter is probably who Chris Bassett. So not bad, not bad, <laughs> you know, not that bad. God. Ugh. So and you, you, okay. Can I ask this question? Cause basically you're trying to make trades with the A's as well. Like, oh, oh, you want to go that, here already? Yeah. 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 Like, so I, I, I wanted to talk more about AJ Pollock first and, and if yeah, that's okay. okay. Let's, let's yes. Because I am just very, very excited about it. AJ Pollock and I'll include you in on this conversation too, Tom. It's okay. Oh, I'm not, I'm not just going to read off stats. Anybody can go look up his stats. He's a great hitter. He's not as good, good as he He's you know, post age 30, 31. He's not as good defensively. That makes sense. Um, Unlike Jose Abreu. Yeah. Honestly though, which is weird. It, it, he's an anomaly. <laughs> he's an anomaly. You, okay? wanted, you wanted to disagree with me so bad. I can't. You look at the numbers. He is better defensively. He's still not good defensively, but he's better defensively. Um, he's league average at best. Now, here's the deal with AJ Pollock. Um, we look at the statistics, and yeah, since that, as I said before, the age 29, 30, the defense has declined. The offense is better, but he's also, he hasn't played more than 113 games as his peak, or pardon me, 117 games was his peak last year um, since 2015. So 2016, he only played 12 games. 17, he played 122. 2018, he played 113. Now 86, 55, and then 117. So my first question to you, Tom, is should the White Sox be looking to play him Every single day. Does he play? I'll even put it this way. Does he play more than 120 regular season games this year? That's a tough sell. Um, I mean, you still got to think there's some lingering effects of COVID on these guys. Like they missed a big part of what would have been a regular season. And then, you know, just just lingering effects, right? Just that could be the, the, the anomaly that was last season going into 
coming off of the backs of a, of a shortened season. So that could play a role. You could also look around and, and be like, he's just never done it before really recently. It. I, I think that they're going to play it safe and, and it, I don't think he's going to be injured necessarily, but because a lot of the reasons why he wasn't on the field before was because of injury. I don't think he's necessarily going to be injured. I just think they're not going to have him out there every day. So to answer your question, they're going to platoon him, I think, with, you know, the, the same cast of characters that we're used to with Angle and, and Vaughn and Sheets. Like those guys are going to kind of like just trade off time with him make it like an outfield by committee situation. Yeah. I mean, and I think that makes sense. I would, I would agree with you for the most part, um, especially, you know, since um, they feel bullish about the other guys. Oh, right? they're bullish. They're, they are bullish. I'll tell you what, you know, she, sheets and Vaughn, former first baseman converted right fielders. You, you, you love to see that. Mm. Um, <laughs> now, this leads me to my next question for you um, about AJ Pollock, and I'm I'm looking up the the specific statistic. Shout out to Beefloaf for tweeting it out. Um, AJ Pollock has played a total of 20 innings of right field as a major <laughs> leaguer, yeah. and his last one was in 2013. So, Tom, that <laughs> begs the question. You know, obviously the big gap for the White Sox has been. Right field. Of course. Do they move Pollock to right field or do they finally move Aloy to DH because Pollock is a primary right left a primary left fielder? Dude, you can't you can't move big baby. Like you just can't. There I get I get why. I but, really do. But He's you a butcher can. out there. But He's, you can. Dude, I get it. I but you you know that he wants to be out there. And you also know that the defensive side of the uh, of baseball can affect the offensive side of baseball. Like if you're not right in one spot, you're not right in the other. So, or if you're let's say demoted from a, a position to DH, that could get you not right as well. Like I don't know, man. It's it's. I think you'll see Eloy play DH, and maybe those games that's when Pollock's out there in left, but. I mean, look, I, I I might be a meatball on this one, but fucking if it's over the infielders' heads, you catch it and you throw it in. So, like, what the hell's the difference? Left, right, center. Like, center covers more ground, left and right. Just like throw it home, you know, or throw throw it to your cutoff man. Not don't even throw it home. Just throw it to the cutoff man. I can't get over in my head how easy you think it is to play outfield. It's outfield insane is, to me. Outfield is the easiest one. As long as you could read a ball off the bat, look, I'll I'll give you that. That's a that's an important skill. If you can't read the ball off the bat, you're gonna look like an Aliori Garcia out there in the in game two. But outside of that skill, which by the way, he has that skill because he plays outfield, he has for a long time. He's fine in that. It's just get the ball and throw it into the cutoff man. I'm sorry. Mind you, this is coming from the guy. This is coming from the guy who hasn't played baseball since T ball. I got T-ball. I got T-ball. Tommy on the other end of the microphone. Hold here. on now. Hold on now. I made it up to coach. I made it up to kid pitch. Uh, also, slander. I've watched a lot of baseball since then. And what do what do the outfielders do? They pick up the ball after it gets past the infielders, 
and they throw it to the cutoff man. All right, oh. T-ball, t- Tommy. Since Look. your answer is no. <laughs> since your answer is no to a, yeah. moving away to DH finally yeah. and Pollock to left. What do you do about Andrew Vaughn now? Um, because th- this right field position was Sheets and Vaughn, and we were bullish about them in right. So now yep. we got now we got Pollock there, and Pollock is definitely, you know, Pollock for a hundred games at least. Hopefully, is is the right move here. Um, so what do you do? What do you do about Andrew Vaughn in particular? Your f- number three. Number four, number three. He was a number three overall pick, mm-hmm. wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a big deal. Um, I I got two thoughts on this. First being that it really is a shame that we're blocking Micker Adolfo's <laughs> progression. Uh, this is the development that I was paying the most attention to in, in 2022, and that's a, that's disappointing for me. Um, DFA. Just kidding. just kidding. Not a problem. Don't worry about it. Um, he Him can, or Hazley, who you DFA? <laughs> that's actually that's high key. A good question. Um, so the the real answer though is is kind of something that I was alluding to a, a little bit in the last couple questions you had is just that you know look you you've got a lot of games in this season you have 160 you don't have to set one lineup and run 162 games through that one lineup right you have all sorts of opportunities you have 162 different opportunities to construct a lineup that you can get Andrew Vaughn an at bat you can get you know Eloy a DH position. Uh, appearance you know you could you could get your pollock and left pollock and right you you can find ways to kind of mix and match you could have andrew vaughn at first base if you want uh i don't know if he's a natural first base i don't know anybody oh, ever weird i think actually that? that's you know yeah the, the position he was drafted to play weird. i don't know man it's kind of a stretch he seems more of a right fielder to me um <laughs> but, so a, a right side of the field platoon is what you're you're saying yeah yeah, yeah. Andrew throw, throw andrew vaughn into right field when you can throw andrew vaughn onto first base when you can you know kind of like the leury of the right side of the field have leury take care of you know second short and third and then you know sometimes a, a left field or whatever just because he can do it and then have those other games that you need kind of filled in and the right field and the and first base, you got yourself an Andrew Vaughn. So do you see Andrew Vaughn playing basically more or just as many games as AJ Pollock, maybe even more this year? That's uh, I mean, you also you also have Adam Angle. That's the that's the difference though. Yeah. Right? You want Adam Angle to get some at bats, especially against lefties. He 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 does match lefties. Yeah. I mean, um, so does Vaughn. And Vaughn can't hit righties, which is another issue here. What are we doing with Gavin Sheets? Is Gavin does Gavin Sheets have a part in this team this year? Mm, I mean, look again. You have 162 games to kind of let this play out, and the the main thing, the other thing to think about is you got 28 men roster to start the season, so you've got plenty of room to kind of like have extra guys up. Um, but just kind of mixing and matching, man. I, I mean, somebody's going to get injured at some point too. Like this is a long ass goddamn 162 game season. You're going to have also, this is above my goddamn pay grade. Let Tony LaRusso write this shit up, man. I don't like, he's got to have at bats for these guys. There's some kind of fucking matrix probably where they're like, this guy's been off such and such days. He needs to get some time on the field. He needs to be out in the field. He needs to be DH and he needs to be doing this, that, and the other. But it's going to be DH by committee no matter what. 
So that's always a spot where you can get some guys on that bat on a day, on a given day. All right. So, I mean, you kind of missed the Gavin Sheets question still, though, right? Miss me with it is what I'm saying. Like, look, that's <laughs> that's not my job to get that man at bats. Wow. I think so he'll get him at bats. I don't know how, but they're just gonna, he's not going to be an everyday player. That's that's the only thing. Like, I mean, here's the thing, though. Matching that's going to go on in the outfield and uh, at uh, first base and DH and otherwise. From what we've seen, Gavin Sheets shouldn't be playing right field. However, he mashes right-handed pitching. And still a majority of arms that you're going to be facing are going to be righties. So what do you like? Do you use this is my next question. Do you use Vaughn or Sheets as a trade headliner for a starter? I mean, that's it's real. I don't mean to be a dick, Steve, but that's real short sighted to do that. I mean, what do you you mean? It's short sighted. Like, Like, tell me, come on. The man is a proven MLB talent. Who is right? Vaughn? Um, not quite yet. Not oh, quite yet. He has he has he has a great hit tool. Exactly. That's I mean, like, what the hell else do you need? Like, he's a great hit. Well, in the MLB, like, you can you can find a spot in the lineup for a good bat. That's just like that's always been the case. Like, you could be a butcher in left field, aka Aloy. And they'll find a spot in the in the lineup for you, right? So to put this into proven MLB talent, that's all. To put this into perspective for you, Tommy, you can't say somebody with a weighted runs created plus of ninety (laughs) four last year, a guy with a three oh nine on base percentage, three ninety six slugging. So he's look, Steve. He's done it on the MLB level. That's that's what I'm saying. That's what a seven. That's a seven to do that. A 705 OPS. He Tom? did it for he put together like four months of good ball. He's a 0.3 war player August. last year with 469 plate appearances. So He's you want not, you want to no, ship him off, man. No, no, I listen, get it. No, I get it. Listen, you don't like Andrew Vaughn. I not I'm I I like Andrew Vaughn. I'm not gonna say he's a proven major league talent. That you just said he was <laughs> right now because yeah, I, he hit, you know what? You know what? He, he has a good hit tool and I'll he back hit below back league down. average, yeah. well below league average. Okay, I'll back off. I'll back off. Well, well below is a little stretch. That it's it's a little below league. Okay, average. you're right. It's and it's, it's a again, little bit below league average. But he was like, hella cold. He was hella cold at the end of the season. But all I was trying to say is that he's proven he can produce at a high clip. At the major league level, he's done so before. So has Yermi Mercedes, right? But in, also, yes, yeah, right. Guy, in very small sample sizes, <laughs> this exactly. guy is is different in 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 the sense that he's got the the third round of the draft, third pick, uh, third pick of the drafts kind of status around him, as well as having some success. Yeah, OPS plus of ninety two. Okay. Point so. being, like he's young, and we could keep him. Okay. I'm just saying we could. So That's an option. He's young, and you can keep him. Also, the White Sox contention window, Tom, we've talked about is, is how long. It's what? This year and next year, basically. This year, this year and next year, basically. So maybe. What if I told you? Maybe. What if I told you that you could use Andrew Vaughn as a trade piece for a Frankie Montes? I, I would want to know if we get Frankie Montes next year, too. I don't want a one-year guy. You do. It's uh well it, it well it was as long as Jerry's not cheap. 
You get him for two years because he's got he's under contract this year for five mil. Uh, and then he yes. And then on top of that, he is um he is a third year of ARB next year. So it'd be two years of Frankie Montes for Andrew Vaughn. Do you do it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually I do. <laughs> After all of that fucking talk that I just gave you. I take it. Yeah, I would take that. (laughs) Yeah. Now, would you do it for Mania as well? That's the real question. Nah, I like the I like the reunion story of the Frankie Montas coming back home. You know, I don't I don't know if I like the uh, the Sean Mania look. Yeah, and there'll be one year in Mania. So yeah, no, it's all about narrative for me. You can you can write that that story writes itself. You know, you can have Vinny Duber write that article overnight of Frankie Montas coming back home after a trade. I would absolutely love it. Uh, it adds another starting pitcher to this rotation that right now, I mean, you're still trying to fill fill one in, in my opinion, mm-hmm. um, especially since you now know that Garrett Crochet is going to give you zero starts. Yeah, that's official um, this this season, right? Um, now, a lot of people have been toying with the idea, Steve. What do you think of this? Bring back Ga- Garrett Crochet as quickly as possible from Tommy John. Mind you, he's still getting out uh, a second opinion, so maybe not Tommy John. But he's out for the season, essentially, right? You want to bring him back, rush him in, and get him into that bullpen again? Or do you want to have him, you know, kind of stretch himself out in the minor leagues to be and find that third pitch so he's not just fastball slider, find that third pitch, become a starting pitcher when he comes back? Maybe a little bit longer of a turnaround, though, maybe 16, 17 months instead of the 11, 12 to get healthy? Um, no, I mean, uh, this is tough. I, whew, I don't know how I feel about this one. This is one where you got me a little stumped because... It's hard, right? Yeah. I mean, from a selfish perspective, you know, I want to see Garrett Crochet pitch as much as I can. Right, as soon as White Sox uniform. Yeah, exactly. It's like, bring him as soon as possible. Please, thank you. Um, for his well-being... Uh, I don't think it should be rushed. Um, I know, yeah, J- Tommy John, yeah, they're saying like these days you could recover in nine months to a year on average. Um, so a year, and that makes sense. Um, if you really want to rush him to be ready in 11 months, I guess, or, or 10 months maybe by spring training next year, um, as long as he's feeling okay. That's that's going to be the real question. You know, you got to you got to make those you got to hit those progression milestones. Um, soft toss, long toss, all right. those things as a pitcher. So but let's say all those go well. Do you want him to be right back into the bullpen or do you want him to be making his way up to being a starter through the minor leagues? You don't waste. Here's the thing. Unless you know you're getting a Dennis Eckersley, a Mariano Rivera, you're never going to waste a, um, a first round pick on a reliever, you know, in major league baseball. So yeah, ultimately you want him to become a starter. You should start stretching out his arm to become a starter. Is he going to come back and in 2023 and start 30 games? No, absolutely not. But he's got to start somewhere. (laughs) <laughs> yeah no he's he's got to start somewhere right he's got to get in a dozen starts or something you know so, so you're good with him going and getting some seasoning even in the important 2023 season you're well 
We've talked about it. You need inning eaters. You go through 10.8 starters a year. He's one of those 10.8 starters, right? He's up and down is what you're saying. In 2020, Steve Smurt prediction, Garrett Crochet is your Jimmy Lambert, but more effective. Yes. Oh, hopefully. Very much so, hopefully. But yes. That's good. I like that. I like but that. Not, but not up and down out of the minors, like up and down out of the bullpen because. Well, so you're, so you're flip-flopping on me now. I thought you wanted him to start stretch out as a starter full stop, but now you're saying you want him in the bullpen and then he'll make a spot start. Maybe if you're feeling like it, like, yeah, he's no, I think, I think more, I think more like Hector Santiago. Dude, you could make a lot of money being Hector Santiago. Without the sticky stuff, obviously. I mean, if you could bring along the sticky stuff too, that'll help. But if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. <laughs> no, Maybe. but yeah, yeah. I, because I think the utilization of Garrett Crochet, if he's healthy, um, especially in twenty three, is going to be really important. So, yeah, I just I totally derailed you. Do you want to go? Let, <laughs> let's talk more about AJ Pollock, my guy. <laughs> oh, I mean, no, no, no. It's good. It's good. I mean, all of this really wraps up well to my final question about Pollock. Does the Pollock trade make the White Sox the front runner for an AL pennant this year? Do you say yes or no? Damn, you like jumped up to pennant. Uh, Absolutely. I mean, I mean they're winning are, the Central. Yeah, Sorry. We like, already know that they're going to win the Central. It, it sure. would be catastrophic if they did not. Let's put it that way. Correct. Um, The, the, the pennant, bro. The, the pennant, though. Um, I mean, I mean, kind of, bro. <laughs> like, look, look, you gotta, you gotta bat like AJ Pollock, and he's your seven or eight hitter on a good day. That's pretty prime. Uh, this lineup is goddamn dynamite. You just need one, and of course, as soon as they make the trade that we were clamoring for, we're like, you just need one more thing. And after we said we just need one right fielder, we just need one more thing. We need a starting pitcher. You know, and then yeah. and then it'd be happy. You know, Vince Velasquez is a why is is like a that's a lottery ticket, man. That's that's not a you're not for sure on anything there. But um, yeah, I, I wouldn't say I'm like as scared as other people are about this starting rotation. I feel like we've got you know good horses there. It's just tough not knowing that you can like in in a pinch be like, hey Garrett, you want to throw four innings to start this game randomly in in September? <laughs> like everybody's injured. <laughs> Um, it's tough not knowing, knowing that he won't be an option for that, but right. Well, Hey, it's the, it's the white Sox way. Stay healthy. Just stay healthy. Just stay healthy. <laughs> uh, well, we've been going for 35 minutes, Tom. And actually I want a minute to, I love that you thought, uh, well, you're, you said it right now. You're like, Oh, AJ Pollock's like seven hitter. So yeah. I, I, I'm going to, let's take a quick break. Yeah. Might take a minute. Uh, and I want to come back uh, to batting order, possibly, if, if we've got time. Well, folks, we um, decided that we're going to be saving those lineups for next time around, considering we are gonna be running through a lot of stuff here at the end and 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 first things first i actually wanted to take a minute to talk a little bit outside the lines of baseball we have a a little segment that we like to do on this podcast called minoso minute we named it after Minnie minoso because of you know the stuff that he did for 
the White Sox, but for the wider game outside the lines of baseball, being the, the first Afro-Latino player to break the, the color barrier there. So I just wanted to I just wanted to jump in and say, you know, um, let's not forget that the owners tried to cancel the first games of the season. Now, I, I again, like this is beating a dead horse. We should be over this. But no, look, we want to get excited about baseball. We are excited about the MLB jumping back in and, and our team being competitive. But these owners canceled games and planned to not reschedule them. So it doesn't matter if if we look out and we see that the weather's terrible and and we would have been watching MLB baseball in in shitty weather. It doesn't matter. We should be like a full weekend into watching MLB baseball already and we're just not. And and it, it all it's all because the owners don't care about their players, the owners don't care about the fans. The owners only care about their wallets. I will die on this hill. Thank you, Tom, for sharing that. Um, just remember what Jerry Reinsdorf said about the carrot and the stick. You know, but you know, <laughs> fuck them fans. Always finish in second place. Yes, um, exactly. I can't. I, I can't believe that that was a, that's an actual Jerry Reinsdorf quote. It's yeah. absolutely insane to me. It's terrible. It's terrible. Yeah. Well, my Minoso minute, I'm not even taking Minoso minute, but I did want to talk about something that is outside of the lines of baseball and not baseball related, MLB related. It's White Sox, Twitter related, 108 Run Club. Um, <laughs> so for those of you who have been tracking uh, our progress or even wondering about our progress, uh, because I stopped posting pictures. I just, I know I get annoying <laughs> with my like 630 splits and people call me a, a pace whore or pace shamer <laughs> and all that. So I just stopped posting my pictures in general. And I actually stopped running with the uh, my tracking app. Um, I would just map my run out beforehand um, and, and know how long I was running because I don't like being told like what my splits are because I as I'm, you're like, going oh, the, it'll it'll feed it into your earbuds yeah yeah at least the app I was using because I haven't set up my new Apple watch yet I got one for my birthday and it's April Ooh. and I still haven't set it up yet you uh, are so slight hey hey April or uh April um spring break it's gonna happen over spring there break you, you already know um but I just wanted to update everybody. I hit 108 miles. I'm very, very excited. Um, Tommy, we're going to talk about that that charitable donation offline yes, um, yes. That, you, that you'll be making uh, on my behalf. Uh, but I finally reached 108 miles. I did it on the Wednesday. Uh, that was the 30th, wasn't it? Wednesday was the 30th. Yeah. Uh, so I got it in right before what was going to actually be opening day. So I'm very proud of myself for getting in those 108 despite grad school, despite work, despite closing on a place, despite the owners, canceling baseball, despite the owners canceling baseball <laughs> and putting me into a semi depression, still got those miles in. So that's actually that's huge. And again, like that hit us with that list again. What what all are you doing? You're teaching the youth of America. You're you're moving into a new place. What you're you're grad schooling? Yes. Anything I miss? Getting married in October. Plan, planning planning a goddamn wedding. Yeah, yeah. It, there's a lot going on. There's a lot. Yeah. Going on and getting way too drunk on Friday nights, like uh, I did last night with my that, father and his two buddies. That one's a choice. That one's. A uh, choice. It was. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, so are the other things. Um, but 
that was a poor choice. And I, I do also apologize that I was not ready to record this morning, Tommy. Hey, look, we're 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 looking fresh in the evening now. It's all- oh, I'm feeling um, like a million bucks. A little hair of the dog too. I got some Miller Light flowing because you know, corporate corporate beer for a corporate fan here. Yes. Okay. Talk about transitions. Oh, really quick. I'm at, I did not hit the 108 before opening day uh, of your. I'm going to hit opening day this year, though. Uh, I got, here's the problem, guys. I got 96 miles uh, under the belt. Whew, that puts us at three miles a day before the opening day. I believe hey, your man's is going to do it. If you don't, you don't do it if you don't put your mind to it. This is, this is the do or die time. Um, so I'm gonna try to get that get that in for for real opening day now. If Rick Hahn can get a right fielder before opening day, Tom, you can hit 108 <laughs> miles before opening day. You know this, and you know this, man, man. <laughs> okay, but um, all, all all jokes aside, all jokes aside. Okay, we you just mentioned it, and I got a bone to pick. I got a bone to pick. Look, 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 look. You can't take the goose out of right field, man. Miller Lite. You asshole. You literally flipped the switch. You were like. I just flipped the switch. You don't give a shit about Sox Golden Nail anymore. You're so. What is wrong with you, man? Okay, so. Hold on, hold on. Never going to brew a beer that has the White Sox logo on the side. Never. They could make like specialty cans. Budweiser did it. I'm yeah. sure Miller Lite might do the same at some point. Miller Lite doesn't care about the fans. They don't care. Are you, like, are, you, are, you, are, you, are you ready for this hot take, Tom? No. I mean, You're yes. not ready for it? Okay. Um, <laughs> Sox Gold Nail. Overrated. Dude. Go die. <laughs> I love the cans. I got. I literally have a, have a twelve. You know, like those cases they came in the twelve. The cases of twelve that they came in. I have twelve empties put back into the case so I can look at the cans later. You know, kept keeping them as souvenirs. Um, you know, when we first had Sox Golden Nail at Sox Fest twenty twenty, correct? Yeah, Tom? yeah, it was the first. Yeah. We had it on tap and it was delicious. Mm-hmm. And I swear every time I had it after that, it just wasn't the same. It wasn't as crisp. It wasn't as as That's, refreshing. I mean, I hear you on that. But, bro, like, again, you, you're never going to get what we got out of Goose Island. Like, the love that Sox true. got. I've gotten from- a lot of free beer from Goose Island. Shout out to the 108 guys because of their partnership. So yeah, it's the. I mean, also, I I mean, I I, I don't know. Actually, we could check in on the uh, 108 podcast, but I'm sure that 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 relationship's not going to be tarnished. I mean, no, 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 no. It seems to be intact, and it also seems to be profitable for yes, everybody for both involved. Sides. <laughs> yeah, so it's like I'm I'm not going to stop drinking Goose Island. Like that's, it's just, it's just a bummer. It seemed like they were giving a lot to the franchise at that, like they were catering a lot to the franchise. Maybe they weren't paying as, as much as Molson Coors did. Obviously they got outbid, but it just, it just feels a little, and, and Rev, I mean, Revolution too. Like that's kind of a bummer. I mean, I'm not going to super miss it, I guess. I'm, I'm kind of over anti-hero. I don't know what to tell you, but like, I don't know, man. It just it just doesn't sit right with me that like, yeah. If I'm gonna I, hey, any, I'm if, a White Sox fan, but I don't like corporations. Okay. <laughs> hey, 
Just remember, as Mitt Romney said, corporations are people, my friend. Oh, fucker. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I um, I will also, miss. Speaking dude, of revolution, I will miss Sun Crusher, though. If they don't Sun Crusher the is great for the summer. That's so true. God damn, that's gone. It's my favorite summer beer. Like one of my favorite summer beers. Oh. You're um, so right. Damn it. I didn't even think about that. Delicious. Um, I, I've i heard that there still might be Revolution beer um, down mm-hmm. in craft the cave. craft. Uh, it's not the craft cave anymore. It's the craft lounge. Oh, um, no. <laughs> because wine and Kugel, it's going to be uh, a wine and Kugel's craft lounge, um, Kugel's which craft beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Right. Right. <laughs> um, calling wine and Kugel's craft beer is. Yeah. I mean, stretch <laughs> then again so is goose these days i yeah no it's true i was actually just gonna say that it's like yeah i'm like shitting on like molson coors for being this massive like corporation and anheuser-busch is running like right goose island so it's like the hell's the difference honestly exactly <laughs> um so but i i will say this speaking of microbreweries um there are still going to be plenty of options yeah. From what I'm hearing in the basement, we don't know what those options are for sure that are going to be down in the craft lounge. But I do know it is verified and uh, a su- semi-listener of the podcast likes to pop into the comments, too, when when we're going live. Beer Garden Jim wrote a blog <laughs> um, saying that he got in touch with somebody from Old Irving and they're going to have four, not just two for like last year. They're going to have four beers down in the basement uh, next year. They're yeah. gonna have. Uh, they're gonna bring back Della and Beezer. Uh, so good. Della's, Della's the Kolsch. Yeah. Um. And and Beezer is the New England IPA. Good stuff. Um, and they're also bringing in Cushy, which is the cherry sour. Mm-hmm. And Pop- they're and they're bringing in uh Sent- Sentinel, which is the Centennial yeah. Hop IPA, yeah, yeah, which is yeah. solid as well. Yeah, I like I like all of them. I mean, hey, I, I'm gonna be biased to Old Irving. They're they're right down the street from yeah. me. I can't say I've had Della before. No, it's good. It's 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 easy drinking. That's the, that's just like you know, it's not as it's not as hoppy, right? It's not gonna it's not gonna knock you out like a like a New England IPA might. Not hey, 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 you know what? It's not gonna knock a New England IPA might not knock uh, uh, Steve-O out. It, <laughs> it, it, it's knocking me on my ass. I like I can this, I can one of those. But this this is two beer Tommy versus at drunk shy Sox fan. Who would exactly. win in the competition? Exactly. So I I, I will. Uh, but I digress. I digress. I mean, it's like uh, that. That's my bone to pick, though. It's it's you're knocking Goose Island and Revolution out for Miller Light. It's just not going to sit well with Tommy. Hey, we we still got Modelo. Still got Modelo. So that that Modelo deck in left field is not going to go away. You know what? Fuck it. I'm going to start sitting in left field. Fuck it. Ooh. Take away the goose. I'm sitting in left. Wow. You're such a, what do you call that? A trendsetter. It's like you're a hipster or something, Tom. Oh, you, you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Bucking the trends. I hate you. Sitting oh, here, gosh. Sitting here in corduroy pants. <laughs> Are you actually? Oh my god. And I hate you. <laughs> Poison perfect here. Well, you you are hot take Tommy, so you know, I know the listeners want to hear some more hot takes out of you today. Ooh, um, okay. And we have a spring training overreaction corner uh, yes. segment today. So oh, this is it's the best part of spring training, isn't it? You get to oh, you 
baseball's starting up. Yeah, whatever. You got, you know, pitchers and catchers. You got all these guys that are like fresh faces, like competing for jobs and stuff. You know what? None of that matters. Overreactions to what you see on the field. That's what matters. That's what makes it spring training. Oh, a thousand percent. Like these guys right now, I mean, come on. The White Sox are definitely like under 500 during spring training, right? Uh, they're they're absolutely terrible this year. That's going to translate into the into the season, the regular season. It certainly is. We, we, we really just got to kick it into high gear. I can't believe these guys, you know, they better they better get their act together before opening day. Unbelievable. Hey, I've said it once. I've said it twice. This team's terrible. No, <laughs> that's right. So, Tom, let's uh, let's hear the real overreactions that you got that are player specific. Yes. Okay. So, uh, for each of these, it's basically just like a statement that you know. I'll say what's what happened basically, and then I'll make a statement on that, and you tell me if that is an overreaction or if it's or if it's accurate. So, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> this one is hilarious considering what happened recently. Yeah. Um, yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah. So Dallas Keuchel shut out the Dodgers, and he is so back. So back. He is so not back. Um, <laughs> you, It's that meme, that Patrick Starr meme. You take Dallas and you move him off the starting rotation. <laughs> Seriously, this is why I want that. I, like, if it's Andrew Vaughn for Frankie Montes, if it's Gavin Sheets for um, Sean Manaya, something has to give in regard to starting rotation because I don't believe that Dallas Keuchel is a five, even a five. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's an indictment. Um, it's, it's tough to say otherwise though. I mean, he got blown the hell up, you know, uh, this is the thing that he, maybe he's like an every other start kind of guy. Like he's just spotty or something, but you can't, you can't have that in a, in a championship season. You just exactly. can't. If every other starts a blow up, it's like it's not actually helpful. You don't when, know what you're getting out of them. Then wins add up. I'll tell you this right now. I really do, and I've said this already before. I really do think the outcome of the Houston series would have looked a little bit different if we had home field advantage. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, look, the, the first game that they played at home, we won. Leary was a goddamn legend that game. That 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 totally changes it if the, if we go up 1-0 in the series totally changes it i couldn't agree more um but yeah dallas keichel is back um you heard it here first <laughs> overreaction okay so next we have the andrew vaughn injury so the andrew vaughn injury is exactly why we need a real right fielder hey this was may have been written before the aj pollock trade but um <laughs> <laughs> Tommy just, reaching into his notes here uh, yeah. from you know a few days ago before the Pollock trade was made. <laughs> the depth just isn't there, Steve. I mean, how about I swing this to you and, and phrase this question again? Well, first off, the depth is there now. And yeah, it, is, it is there. Let's let's um, let's be very clear. We got it. Um, we got it. How, how about I swing this back to you? Um, the Andrew Vaughn injury is exactly why Aloy Jimenez should stop playing left field. Ooh, I, that's, I feel like you're throwing that in my face and I don't like it. Um, I, I'm offended that you would like make well, corner me into saying that he should be a DH because I don't think he should be a DH. Oh, so you think that's an overreaction? I think that you're overreacting, Steve. Okay. That's, yeah. The Andrew Vaughn injury should bench our star left fielder 
make him a DH only. How dare you? Hashtag avoid a DH. (laughs) Me and Herb Lawrence lead that train. Yes, yes, you guys really do. (laughs) It's a nice train to be on. Good company. Um, Okay, so you ready for this? This is a fun one. Okay. Okay, Blake Rutherford getting chopped, sent down. And he cleared waivers, by the way. DFA. Yes. Exactly. Cleared waivers. <laughs> Nobody wants him. Blake Rutherford getting chopped means that the Todd Frazier, David Robertson, and Tommy Canley to New York Yankees, that trade was a total bust because the return was Blake Rutherford, Ian Clarkin, who? Tito Polo, who? And Tyler Clippard, gone. So what do you think? Is that an overreaction? No. We got it. Well, first off, it's already been solidified as of like two years ago that this was an awful trade for the White Sox. Yeah, they got their chops busted bad in this trade. Um, Tommy Canely turned out to be a solid reliever for a minute. Mm -hmm. Um, Tyler Clippard was absolutely awful for the White Sox. Um, Tito Polo hype uh, didn't last very long. Um, and Ian Clarkin, uh, was supposed to be a possible spot start guy and, uh, no, no. Uh, so, but Blake Rutherford, he still might be something. He's still, he's not. (laughs) I don't, it's just not not even tradable. Nobody wants this guy. It's it's, yeah. Out of options with the White Sox. Uh, we'll see if he can pick it up somewhere else um i david robertson got signed recently didn't he who (laughs) really yeah absolutely sidebar can are you are you fact checking yourself on that because i need to know immediately last last team he was on was the olympics which oh you're gonna love this this was two weeks ago the cubs signed david robertson (laughs) back in chicago hey and you say shy city I'm coming home again. Hey, Tommy, you're a big win-loss guy for pitchers. Yeah, David Robertson's 53 and 33 overall. Yeah, because he's been around for a long time. Like two two ninety-three career ERA. Yeah, he, no, he's, I mean he's been good. He's he's had a good career. He, uh, rather, he had a good career. I think he's going to resurrect it on the north side, baby. I'm telling you right now. Hot uh, take of the day. No, no, okay. No, no, easy no, now. No. Easy now. No, the Sox got fleeced in that trade so badly. <laughs> no, I, 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 that's so it's not an overreaction. Like that Blake Rutherford getting sent down again in another spring training. That's that, that no. officially makes that trade total hot trash. Fleeced. Okay. This is a fun one. Now, um, this requires a little bit of context. So Rick Hahn faced the media today to, uh, or yes, Sturday, whatever, um, to announce that Garrett Crochet, who is going to be possibly getting, it's highly likely that he's getting Tommy John is going to be out for uh, a year. So he faced the media and he says all that. Um, And, you know, he gets a a question from James Fegan, you know, good guy, James. Um, He wants to know, you know, basically timeline or like when, when do you think like what, what kind of a, a situation will he be in when he gets back? It was something along those lines. Right. And Rick Hahn said too soon and started laughing. Now Rick Hahn laughing when he announces Garrett Crochet being put on Tommy John, possibly 
That's just like when Rob Manfred left while he announced that the games were being canceled. And that means that Rick Hahn doesn't care about the players. Overreaction or not. So so before I say if this is an overreaction or not, I do have to say, as of an hour ago, Scott Merkin, article, MLB.com, Garrett Crochet is undergoing Tommy John surgery. Dr. James Andrews. Dr. James Andrews, the goat of Tommy John surgeries. That guy's the elite. <laughs> he is he is the creme de la creme of mm-hmm. Tommy John surgeries. Um, he will be undergoing Tommy John surgery with Dr. James Andrews. So it is announced. It is scheduled. It is happening. Um, God damn. Is <laughs> I, I, we knew it. Um, yeah. Is it an overreaction to say Rick Hahn doesn't care about players? No, no. Because all Rick Hahn wants is to hang banners, baby. He said, <laughs> ask me after the parade for a reason. So that's that's great. Wow. I, uh, I I was basically joking when I wrote that one up. I was like, yeah, it's an overreaction. He's not he wrong. Championships. He doesn't, I, come on. Now. <laughs> OK, uh, well, yeah, I mean, it's true that it is true that. Rick Hahn wants championships and, and cares more about that than players, I guess. And it is true that he laughed at a press conference when uh, he was announcing somebody was getting Tommy John surgery. So <laughs> I guess he's an asshole. Uh, <laughs> sons Son, the sons of Hanukkah, <laughs> baby. It's like, let's go. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Okay. So here we go. Another one for you. Um, so making his first start of spring training, right-hander Michael Kopech. Throwing the right-hander for you just to keep your on your toes. Uh, he gave up a home run to Jonathan India on his second pitch of the outing. Kopech is broken. No. I say oh, this because I'm a Kopech stand. That's but... not a reaction. Two pitches in, he gives up a ding-dong. Come on. No, no. Oh, pardon me. No, he's not. I'm saying no. He is not broken. Yes, that's absolutely an overreaction. Sorry. I thought, I My think, bad. I thought, I think that I, I understood what you meant, but I think you did say it wrong, but I did understand you. <laughs> right. No, he's not broken. What, what is this nonsense? Dude, spring training. It's spring training. Broken. His second pitch as a starter. Put him back in the pen. Are you kidding me? Nope. Going to start 25 games this year. Can't wait. <laughs> okay, fine, fine. Now, um, this is this is another fun one. A little bit outside the lines on this. Um, Giolito, he signed uh, to avoid. He signed a one-year contract, seven point four five. I think it came out to. Um, he. This is to avoid arbitration. It's it's done deal. He is a White Sox for this upcoming season, and he's signed and contracted and all that. So, uh, does that save rather? His, I'm telling you, his relationship with the White Sox is cured. He is coming back on an extension to be announced shortly. This is perfect for everybody. Sunflower, roses, all of it. Major overreaction. Major. <laughs> um, he's walking. He's going to get his payday somewhere, and it's most likely not going to be on the south side, unfortunately. Unless... If what they meant by the money will be spent is the money will be spent on Giolito and Tim Anderson. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I think uh, you can have one or the other is, is what it looks like. Yeah. I think, I don't know. Maybe 
maybe that's what it is. And and this is a longer conversation because people have always been like, the White Sox can spend more. Like this is ridiculous that a major market team is. Well, first off, I mean we're like top five, well sixth in payroll, fifth mm-hmm. or sixth in payroll, right? It's well, pretty now high we up there. So I think it went. Although we did take on a thirteen million dollar contract too at the same time, so right, it's 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 only a three million dollar difference, um, which is weird to say, right? Three million dollars, oh nothing. It's just three million dollars. It's just a life changing amount of money. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But no, I um, I think maybe that's why they're not a top three payroll team right now is because they're waiting on. A long to try and lock up Lucas long term, um, for a, what he's actually worth, or maybe they do throw a couple more years on top of Tim Anderson. Um, I don't know, I really don't know. So, but no, the relationship being mended between Geo and the front office, yeah, no, no, overreaction, oh, big time. On, Steve, let me have this, let me have this, fine. I'll admit you're you're probably right on it. Probably an overreaction. All right. Well, I have my own overreactions as well. I'm just gonna rattle through them real quick because we're running short on time. Um, and I I, I want to see if I can get a rise out of you. So number one, AJ Pollock will be absolutely horrific in right field, which is why he shouldn't play there. Um, he should play in left, <laughs> and will still be better off as a team because of it. Um, two, Carson Fulmer. We'll have a productive year, a more productive year with the Dodgers than Dallas Keuchel will with the White Sox. So, that's such hot shit. Number three, corporate White Sox fans, quote unquote, will be a tagline throughout the rest of the year. Every time you drink a Miller Lite. There you go. Four, the White Sox have one more absurd, well past their prime signing to make before Spring training is done. David Robertson, once he gets DFA'd by the Cubs, there you go. Home. Right? No, it's gonna be it's gonna be Melky Cabrera. We need more outfield depth. <laughs> Another left fielder, please. And my last one: <laughs> the Twins and the Tigers are actually going to make the Sox sweat the first couple months of the year. Nah, I'm thinking the last couple months, which is what's going to be worse. But. Uh, I really, I don't know. We, we see it. We see it from a lot of our guys, though. They heat up when the weather heats up. So True. True. I'm thinking April and May, especially since you see We're this out of a lot of front runner, a lot of front runner teams. You see them get off to a sluggish start, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes these teams, especially when they add new pieces, mm-hmm. get off to a little bit of a slower start, and people are freaking out. Think about the mm-hmm. Dodgers last year. Oh, oh my goodness, what are the Dodgers? What are they gonna do? Like, they didn't even win their division, Steve. Exactly right. Well, yeah, they didn't win their division, but they won a hundred and how many? One hundred seven, one hundred six games, and the Giants won one hundred and seven. Yeah, insanity. So, White Sox will be fine. Diamondbacks uh, are very bad, Steve. <laughs> That's what that means. <laughs> yes, but the Dodgers are very good, is what yes. it means. Um, yeah, Twins and Tigers. I, I honestly. By the end of April, don't be surprised if one of them's on top of the AL Central. It's not how it's going to end, though. End of April, exactly. Yeah. Um, and we start out there, so they can make a sweat real quick if they wanted to. Yeah. Or we could kick their teeth in and move on with our lives. Would love to see the latter. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, hey, look, the next time that we are going to be recording, we are going to be talking about regular season baseball. 
Holy shit. It's goddamn lit up in this bitch. We are we couldn't be more excited. And uh, and I know I'm like head over heels for the team already, you know. Um AJ Pollock just absolutely solidified Rick Hahn as my favorite GM of all time. Um <laughs> championship or not, Steve. I'm ride or die with this guy. Uh, I just need to see Gavin Sheets or Andrew Vaughn moved for a starter, and then this offseason is absolutely even perfect. better. Even better, Catch they're him. productive. Come on, Steve. You already know if they were productive on our postseason lineup. Come on, etch him in the annals of history. That's annals. Yes. Nope, annals. It's annals. Um, and it. <laughs> I am just going. I cannot wait to be in the stands for the home opener. Being a corporate fan, drinking my favorite corporate beer, Miller Lite. So, the worst guy. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Okay. Well, um, I I think that's our final thoughts, right? If you agree, if you accept these offers, I am content. Let's wrap this thing up. Well, uh, in that case, I'd like to say that in Han, we trust AJ Pollock to left field. Or bust. <laughs> Evoid a DH. Nah. Hey, God, let's go, baby. We got ourselves another outfielder.